this, whatever. And he does. And I go, well, I don't want to do that. Well, wait a minute. Okay, so there's something wrong in here. If you say one minute, I want to do God's will, and then he shows you what it is, and you say, well, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. What you're saying is, I want to do God's will when it's my will. And that's conditional. As long as it's my will and it's his will, I'll do it. But if it's his will and not my will, how did you shoot you in the garden on this one? Okay? See what I'm saying? And, and so uh, we all pray prayers. And, and let's, let, let's say, for instance, that there's uh, ten verses on, uh, on prayer. One of them says, if you, whatever, you, whatever you pray for, you get. Okay? And, but the other nine say there's conditions to that and how it works. Well, you then you, not you, but other people will say, well, I'm going to stand on that one verse that just says whatever I want I get. No, it doesn't say that, by the way. But you see, you've got to take the whole, the whole picture. And people get all of a sudden selective. Instead of being, when God gives his will for you, you should be so happy. I know what it is, yes! But all of a sudden, it's like, I don't want to do that. Okay, well, like I told you, one of the things I'm currently reading, when God says no. Does God say no? When you pray, do you ever ask for dumb things? Say yes. Thank you. And God loves you so much, sometimes he does not give you dumb things that you pray for. As I was talking to somebody this morning, uh, my mom would have had me married to the girl next door as we grew up. That would have been a real nightmare, okay? But you know, that was her will. I'm glad it wasn't God's will. I got, I got, I got the princess, the princesses over here, okay? But let's, let's go to that. Okay, one of the things that young people, or let's say you're not young anymore, but, but you are now single, and uh, uh, you feel that it might be God's will and plan for you to have a life's partner. Isn't it logical to say, well, I want to know who that is. I, want, I don't want to just pick a person. I want the one God has for me. Isn't that logical? Isn't that, isn't that logical? Okay, you who are single in this room, who uh, come in to see me uh, with another person, and you're happy and joyful and all this, and, 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 and you say, we want to get married. Let's, let's plan the wedding. You have to know that the next line is this one. I'm going to ask you to share with me how you know this is God's will that you marry this person. I want to hear how you know that. Okay? And uh, it's amazing what I hear some, sometimes. But I don't want you, because that's what you stand on for the next 30 years, that we heard from God. See, the problem is this. Some people who are believers are not hearing from God on this issue. They're hearing from other, other hormonal body parts. I'll leave that one alone right now. How do I know this? Because I'm so smart? No! Esther's not smart either. She'll say, okay? Okay, the national statistics for, for divorce rate among non-believers is right at 50%. The national divorce rate for believers is right at 50%. What's wrong with that picture? It's no different. There's something wrong here. It should be really different. When I was in high school, it was way different. Not anymore. Why is that? Some hints. When I'm in my office. That was when I had a office to be in, but we had, okay. Okay, look, <laughs> work with me, okay. The couple comes in. Now, now this, this last time it happened was less than a year ago. Okay? They come in. And they say, well, we want to get married. Really? What are, I ask the question, how do you know that this is the person God has selected for you? Okay, because 
that 50%, when things get rough, and they may get in the boat when Jan starts throwing Jack into the water and stuff, you know, I'm standing on that I heard from God. Okay, okay, okay. There's some truth. You'll see pictures, okay. And so they, they, the couple comes in, and, and they said, well, um, we, can, we have, can we have the wedding uh, 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 next week? I go, next week? No. I require extensive pre-marriage counseling. Months and months of pre-marriage counseling, and it's in-depth. And there's lots of these homework assignments and all this kind of stuff. It's all centered around Scripture. That's not to see if you should marry that person or not. There's, there's no such device that shows that. What it shows is things about that person you don't know. But you will in time, but you're learning about them when it's not a crisis. Nobody's screaming and yelling. And you can laugh. You can actually laugh about it. But you, there are things that you don't just sit down with, with somebody on a date and say, let's talk about um, um, this or whatever, okay? And each, each, each of those chapters have interesting things. And the, the reason that marriage counselors uh, wrote those is they found that there's a pattern in the first five years of marriage what the problems are. They're the same. So they just wrote, was seven to me. So, so they have seven chapters. You say, well, everybody says, well, not me. And we go, okay, well, how about this? I ask them, okay, where are you going to be spending the holidays? And then one of them say, well, every holiday we're going to be at my mother's house. And the other person says, no, we're not. They haven't talked about that one yet. That's important to talk about that one, okay? Because you need to be one step ahead of Ma. Because she puts you on her calendar. You need to say, Ma, we're going to be a big bear at the cabin. <laughs> okay? We're not going there. All I'm saying is that these things are things that haven't been discussed, and when they come up in the heat of a moment, because Mom has planned for you to be there for Thanksgiving. Okay? And you, I, don't want, I don't want to be with my mom on Thanksgiving. So you have to, those are things, how do you get along with in-laws? Okay? Find all these things. All, all these things. So they say, well, we already know all that. Really? Well, how do you know all that? Well, we've been living together for two years. And so, I'm, and uh, these are believers. Who lo- they say they, they love the Lord. And so you've been living together for two years. Okay, let's go back to knowing and, and discerning God's will. You can, you can probably guess that today is an intro, kind of. Okay, you got that right. We're not getting any conclusions today. But in about one minute, I'll give you the, the big one. For today, though. Okay, so the, the, the couple then says, well, we're, we're, we're living together. So I get a little bit, um, uh, what's, the, what's the word? Yeah, well, no, I say, does that mean that you're sleeping in the same bed and having sex? And they say, yes. Okay, now get back to understanding God's will. It is never God's will that you sin. That's an easy one. But they justify sin all the time. We love each other. If you really loved her, you wouldn't do that. You'd respect her. Okay, girls who are single, when the guy tells you it's okay for us to get under the covers because I love you, that's, wrong. that's the wrong comment. You want to hear, I'm not going to get under the covers because I love you and respect you and I want to honor the woman that I love. That's the right thing to hear. Getting back to my reality about a year ago, a real couple that used to attend here, okay? And so I said, uh, here's the deal. They said, well, we want you to do, to do the wedding. You're our pastor. I said, okay, I'll do the wedding, except you have to have six months of pre-marriage counseling 
and you got to move out for six months and not sleep together. No sex. They said, okay, we'll get back to you. <laughs> okay. Part of knowing God's will is, if this says it's sin, don't do it! <laughs> okay, that's an easy one. God says it's sin. Okay. Is it? Okay, so, they called and they said, well, you know, we talked about that not having sex thing, and we can't stop. And I said, I'm not going to marry you. <laughs> you can't stop. You're not married. You shouldn't be having sex you're not married. Well, we, we can't stop. I go, I'm not going to marry you. And then I went on further to say, what message is that giving to our youth at our congregation? It's okay to go live together without being married. That's not okay. We love each other. Well, then you would treat her with respect more. So they left the congregation because I wouldn't marry them. Here's this one. Um, last week in June, that becomes important because of what's next. They said, we've been seeing each other for two years, blah, blah, blah. They, they weren't living together. They said, well, we really want you to do the wedding this last week in June, on the 4th of July. Patriotics, nice. I go, I'm going to be at the Messiah Conference. Well, we thought you could cancel that and not worry about your non-refundable flight and the whole week at the conference and marry us. I go, this is the last week in June. I'm getting five days notice about your wedding. Plan ahead. Because they did not want to go through the answering of the questions because they just wanted to go right around to get married. No. There are no shortcuts to godliness. It's hard work. It's not easy. It's hard work. But, but if God says... Don't do this. Then if you do that, that is not in God's will. That is really easy. But it amazes me how many people sin and then say, well, are you sure this is not the will of God? Most of it is really simple. Most of it is simple. And a lot of it has to do with what would you tell your teenage daughters about this? They go, well, that's a little different. It is not. You want them... If you want them to be women of virtue, then you be a man or woman of virtue in front of them. Anyhow, so it's stuff like, stuff like that that we deal with. Now, taking a step of faith where almost no one has ever gone before, in this series I'm going to allow something. You know what, you know what it is? I, I, I know. I'm going to allow you to ask questions in writing only. No, no. Okay. Sign somebody else's name in. Questions concerning God's will. As we go through, if you submit questions in writing, we will work around and we will get to those questions. Things you've struggled with or whatever, okay? But uh, uh, just letting you know that that, that's something I think I want to do. Now, going back to God's will. There's like a whole list of things. and In in the long run, you'll get all the verses. But like I said, it says, uh, blah, 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 this statement, and this is the will of God for you. Okay, there's, there's a bunch of those. But remember this book that you don't like anymore? Because you want God to do whatever you tell him, right? You think prayer is telling God what to do. No, no. Okay. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, the one of those where it goes blah, 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 and this is the will of God for you, the one that has about six times more scripture than any other one 
is the one that says, it's the will of God that you suffer. Now, do you want to just skip that one? Yeah, me too. I'm still looking for the one that's the will of God that I'm rich. <laughs> but I got the will of God that you suffer. And when, when you start looking at these verses, the teaching of Peter and of Paul and of Yeshua and so on, is that you're going to suffer. And sometimes you're right in the dead center of God's will when you're suffering. Paul learned that. He's in prison. He was, he was sick and in prison and cold. Remember he, he tells uh, Timothy to, to bring his jacket? It was cold. But the point of it is, God, a part of being in the middle of God's will many times is that you suffer. But nobody wants to talk about that. We like the other part. Well, we're going to talk about all the parts. Because it, you might be more in God's will than you might think. And if you just clear up that first part about, if you, you know, the easy ones, well, I'm not going to, if God said this is sin, I'm not going to do that. That clears up a lot of stuff right there. There's some surprises along the way, too. One of them, and we'll probably spend half an hour on this one, is the will of God that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. We have people that call me on the phone, and they say, I will never speak in tongues. Don't get this is listen. And when you say that, I can guarantee you will never speak in tongues. Okay? That is not the only evidence or sign of being filled with the Holy Spirit. But that's the one they're afraid of. Okay, look, we're going to look at what that means to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to be empowered to use the giftings that he's given to you because that is the will of God for you. It says that. that which means you're supposed to be a leader, not a follower. You're a disciple. You're, you're a disciplined learner and you teach other people. But you teach them mostly by the example of your own life. If you have no faith... It's not going to work. Okay, and this morning as we started, we were in Luke 5, when Peter was, was learning some lessons. And that it was a lesson on faith. I mean, you shoot, okay, launch the boat out, drop the net, you're going to, you're going to catch a lot of fish. <laughs> We've been fishing all night, didn't catch a thing. And you know, you know nothing about fishing. And this has been our whole life. We knew everything about fishing. And then Peter realizes that Yeshua is just looking at him. He says, well, okay. And it says, well, uh, because of your word. You know, I can hear the tone of voice. Oh, okay, we'll show you, though. We'll show you, because we know about fishing. He drafts down the net, and it's, you know, the, the, the boats are all, are all sinking. And when Peter fell down at, at, at Yeshua's feet, it was because he realized he wasn't the man of faith. Yeshua just, just asked him to do something really simple. When Yeshua tells you to do something, do it. Even though logic is, there are no fish. Lots of fish. But he, he was feeling guilty because of his faith. He's learning, ah, when Yeshua tells you to do something, do it. See, I'm ending right now. But earlier I, we were looking at, if this says this is sin, don't do it. But the other side of that coin is, sometimes Yeshua said, this is what I want you to do. So do that. Do that. And we're moving into the holidays. I'm going to get these calls, okay? Do you think it's the Lord's will that I build a sukkah? No, wait wait a minute. Then the the part B of that is, and what will happen to me if I don't? They're afraid they're going to get struck by lightning if they don't build build a sukkah, okay? No, no, that's not going to happen. But you'll miss out on a lot of fun. Okay, when God gives instructions about what to do, 
We need to do that. Okay? Now, Elul starts at sunset tonight. That means you have until sunset to be critical of other people. <laughs> After that, you have to start looking with it. You better get with it. You go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you seen my list? Okay. So as the holidays begin, we get we have some specific instructions concerning all the holidays, and and all of those are to draw us closer to Him in, in His heart. And we're, as we we move into uh, moving toward Yom Kippur, it has to do with confession of sin. Remember, one of the little subtitles of this whole series is agreeing with God. And that, again, that's no-brainer. Of course I agree with God. Really? Part of agreeing with God is that you say, well, when God says this is sin and wrong, I also say this is sin and wrong. But we get into things where people, oh, no, I, well, I really would, no, no, no. Okay, do you agree with God? Because part of being in his will is that you agree with him. When he says something, you agree. I agree with that. If he says, I want you to do this, this way, and this holiday. Why does he do that? It shows who Yeshua is. And it's fun for the family. You sing songs, you eat food. You, it's fun. Okay, it's enjoyable. And the whole subject is him. You talk about God, what he did. Okay, so there's all the, 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 these good reasons. But it's like, and it's not a drudgery. It's fun. It's joyful. So if he says, see, it's, not, it's, the, it's the positive as well as the negative. If he says, I want you to do this. Start doing those things that he tells you to do. Okay? Um, what's the most unpopular subject in Scripture? I don't want to close them for <laughs> suffering. <laughs> Gee, how will I tie that in to, to giving? <laughs> how will I tie the two together? <laughs> that is not in the Bible! Okay, see, see, here, here's, we're ending with this one today. We'll be, we'll be back, though, okay? Because what, sometimes when I pray the wrong things, and God says, no, he's saying no because he loved me. He's saying, that was dumb. You, you don't want that. You do not want that. And he's right, I, I find out later. But when God gives you instructions, we should do the instructions. It's for our own good. And uh, so we're mindful of those things. I'm going to be asking that, those questions. Do you agree with God? Of course I do. Oh, yeah? What about that verse? And the bottom line is, and, I'm going to, and now John's going to come in one minute. If he walks this well, close right now. Uh, our government and the governments around the world are moving to a place in, in the laws that, that what was wrong is right. And what was sin is okay. And we're going to be the bad guy. We already are. We're the bad guy because we are... Saying certain things are wrong, and, uh, and and they use it by by saying you're against human rights. See all this political talk, but the, the point of it is, it's going to be harder for you and your kids to stand for the truth because everybody else isn't. They're changing the rules, and uh, so it becomes a more difficult. So when someone says to me, you know, even conservatives in a more liberal society, they'll, they'll they won't call. Uh, um, homosexuality by some of the names it's called, they'll call it an alternate lifestyle. Well, if so-and-so wants to have an alternate lifestyle, it's okay. Well, you can say that, but God has some pretty 
strong things to say about homosexuality. It is not in his will. But you see, if, we, if I say that as a pastor or a chaplain, I get blasted. I get blasted. Big time. And uh, it, it, you have to understand that that's their sexual preference. It's, it's sin. It's sin. And it's going to become more difficult. So a part of the struggle is going to be that maybe we're committing some sins and we've so justified it we haven't thought about it as being wrong. I'm praying for all of us, me too, that the Lord reveals things in, in us that are wrong. That we'll face them and make them right. And starting the month of Elul, we start looking in. Examine yourself. Okay, where do you fall short? Confess that, agree with God, and get it fixed. Let's close in prayer and John's going to come up. Thank you, Lord, that you give um, amazing instructions. That a lot of stuff people are looking for are right in front of them. But it's not easy sometimes to change a lifestyle. And Lord, I pray that when, when we're confronted with these things, that we will respond and react in love and grace, but, but, but in strength, uh, standing upon your word, but not with a condemning voice, but giving an account of why we believe what we believe and why we do what we do and why we don't do what we don't do. And Lord, I pray that you, 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 you promised us that when we need, at that moment in time, when we need to have your words, you will give them to us. And I pray that we can be a positive witness to other people about the difference in right and wrong without being condemning. And that we can give an account that this is our personal philosophy and theology and conscience, and that's why we do what we do. And we do that because God said. Lord, I pray that you give us the strength and the, and the scripture to stand strong and do and be that which is right before you. And be the leaders and not the followers. And be the example of godly people. The goal the goal in discerning and knowing and finding God's will in our life is that we, the goal is godliness. You all remember that one. We're coming back. The goal is godliness. When Peter fell at his feet, that's where he went to. That's where he went to. Thank you, Lord, that that's our goal. In Yeshua's name. Amen.